Playroom. We gotta play the we play the intro. <laughs> Alright, there we go. We back in here. We good to go. Ah, right, there's Cam. All right, what's going, what's going, what's going on, everybody? Fuck guy BS Sunday morning. Terry's the first person in here, so he gets a shout out. Good morning, Terry, my guy. Glad to have you in here. Got 12 people already. I see you, bitch. Yes, man, we in here. We got a good show for y'all today. So I'm excited, but I want to ask my guys, how y'all doing on this Sunday morning? Cooling, chilling. I'm sick. I sound like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, Ron. Ron called me last night. He said he didn't even know if he's going to be able to make it. Well, actually, no, I called Ron. He said he didn't know he's going to be able to make it through, but I think he heard I was going to come in and talk big shit because he was missing. So he, he didn't want that smoke, so I, I see he showed up. But yeah, what's going on, everybody? So the preview today's show, obviously, we got, we got 23 people in here already, so go ahead and hit that like. What's good? So today we're going to talk a little bit of high school football. We had that over the weekend, Friday. So we're going to talk a little bit of that. We got our captains coming through. So we're going to talk about those guys. Cam is going to humor us with the best defensive line in the country at Ohio State. So he's going to break that down for us. And for y'all, we have the um, we have a players list from ESPN. They dropped the top 100. A lot of guys is on there. This just dropped, so it's pretty new. So what we're going to do is we're going to play some over-under. I want y'all to interact and let us know, is this player too high, too low, at about right? And then we're going to talk a little bit about the beat. So, yes, yeah, what we got going on today, all that. Don't forget, everybody, Buckeye Roast. We have it every, every weekday, 8 a.m. Me and Ron is in there. Y'all been killing it lately. A lot of people coming through, so I want to appreciate you for that. But, yeah, we got going on. Um, we got to get to the show. So, y'all ready? Yes, sir. All right, so special shout-out to our playback. You guys actually watched the high school Air Nolan game. I didn't get a chance to watch it. So go ahead and break that down for me. We'll talk to him and Tavis St. Clair. But first of all, with Air Nolan, obviously heard it was a great game. Came down to a last-minute touchdown. So go ahead and let me know what's going on with that. Um, Shout-out shout to Air Nolan, you know, um, in a, in a big-time game on a national stage. Um, but I mean, everybody that's watched the game can pretty much say that. I mean, that was really like a coming out party for Justice Savage, his teammate, who came into that game with no no big time offers, and he kind of uh, relied on that run game to coast. But when they needed uh, Aaron Nolan to make the plays, when they needed it the most, he came through, didn't even flinch. So that was it was perfect game, perfect coaching. Uh, they didn't really need air to do much, but they needed him to win the game, and that's what he did. So I like that. Shows pedigree from him. Yeah, we watched that game on playback the other day. Um, that was our first time back on playback in a few months. But uh, we watched Aaron Nolan take on Juju Lewis, another top Ohio State quarterback target in the 26th class. Um, air led his team on a game-winning drive with, uh, I think, a minute and 20 seconds left is when he scored the touchdown uh, through a touchdown pass. Uh had a couple nice plays where he used his feet to escape and still kept his eyes downfield and made a play. So um, I thought he had a really good game, and it was uh, it was just nice to have football back. That was the first football we've had in forever. So yeah. I'll take what we can get, even though it was high school football. Uh, it was a great way to start. I mean, it went down to the final minute. You have two <laughs> top five quarterbacks in their class. So um, it was great to see. 
Yeah, and I'll give you his stats. So, Air finished, he finished 12 of 21, 159 yards, two TDs, obviously balled out. I mean, that's that's as much you can expect from a, a game on ESPN starting out the season, a great game. Unfortunately, I have to watch it back and just was how's I didn't catch it, but it sounds sounds like it was a great time. Stop the cap, nigga. You ain't watching it. Man, nah, bro. I'm gonna go, I said, I'll go catch those highlights. You know what I'm saying? You know, Cliff Notes. Give me that, and I'm going to go talk. I'm going to go cap on, about air on Twitter. <laughs> exactly what I'm going to do. But, um, yeah, so he bought out. Obviously, we had another guy, Tavius St. Clair. Uh, Berm went to watch him and put up his stats. So, Tavius St. Clair had five passing TDs. He was 28 of 36, 300 plus. That's our 2025 quarterback commit. Um, give me your thoughts from him. I know his highlights were going around Twitter and everything. I don't think he was on TV. But, um, yeah, give me your thoughts on Tavian St. Clair. Go ahead. I saw someone on the timeline compare him to um, Terrell Pryor, so that's all I needed to see. So <laughs> I'm locked in. Hall of Famer. Start playing this fucking tree in Buckeye Grove right now. Like, I'm going to be here when he gets here. That's all I really got to say. I'm now five touchdowns. That's pretty fucking ridiculous. Um especially with, you know what I mean? A lot of people were questioning, you know, Tavian versus Ryan Montgomery. So um, it's good to see that, you know, he came out uh, early and balled out at the beginning of the season. A lot of people were talking about his release on the timeline. I know that was something of question last year. So it seems like he's tightening up his mechanics. So overall, it was a great performance by him. We love to see it. Anytime someone mentions his Terrell prior to, you know, we're locked in. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he impressed me. Um, a little bit. I mean, um, you know, given the division and the, and the level of competition that he's playing, he looked like a man amongst boys, like how he should. Um, and so uh, I, I was impressed. He put a, he had a good placement on the balls that he was throwing. Um, kind of had a little bit his feet and his head uh, on his throwing uh, mechanics was consistent. So it just shows that, you know, he's taking um, coaching. From Ryan Day, from his father, from his quarterback coach, and applying it to the games on Friday nights um, as a junior. So I'm excited to see what he's going to look like um, as the years go on and and as he prepares to become uh, a Buckeye here in the future. Yeah, man. No, he definitely balled out. I saw some highlights look good throwing the ball, making some plays, making some plays with his legs as well, which we, we all about around here. Let us see a quarterback get out and run. So. Definitely let's see it. Um, the chat was talking he do about got him. some TP in him though. Like, I was watching, like, he definitely got this. He like, if you look at him and his equipment, like his mannerisms and the way he throws the ball, kind of like not unorthodox, but it's just like that weird, you know, how TP throws. Like, they kind of like, like favor each other, uh, um, as far it's as not- like throwing the ball wise. I don't know if that's the greatest thing, being that Terrell Pryor said, you know, after he moved to wide receiver, he still didn't know how to throw the ball. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, a guy I wanted to touch on, Chad was talking about it, Justice Savage, that played alongside Aaron Nolan. I forgot to mention him. He did get a, he was getting a lot of hype on the timeline. I see Zeke was trying to pay for his, uh, I think, trying to pay for his scholarship to Ohio State. Um, touch on him real quick. Did he ball? Because I didn't see him. So did he go ball out? Like, like give me a little scout report. I think I had 120 yards in the first half and two touchdowns. 22nd team uh, ranked in the nation. Um, I saw a tweet that he put out last year about his coach challenging him to not be taken down by the first man. Um, mm-hmm. And it showed him training and working out uh, to get to that. And then before the game this year, he said, Coach, we don't got to worry about that anymore. And he put that on tape. So that just goes to show you what kind of dog that he got good kid he could take coaching and uh and we saw him um overnight become a uh, a priority recruit for many teams in the nation so 
kids out there put that work in, it comes through every time. So shout out to Justice Savage, man. Hope he gets everything he deserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I most definitely appreciate Mitch bringing that up. I wanted to talk about him. But, yeah, obviously, Demarius Witten, our other high school guy, uh, came up past it to you. He looked like he was balling out on the uh, timeline. I saw him getting active. He just – he don't even look like a tight end, man. Just, he's just like an X, like a big dude, physical, shades of, shades of Noah Brown out there. Um, Cam, talk to me about um, Demarius Witten. Bro, Demarius Witten, bro, Witten, listen. I'm ready to lie about, bro, because I call – I call that is – my dad, Chris, I'm like, yo, all I could think about is us coming out in 12 personnel with Witten and Jelani Thurman in the future <laughs> and just thinking, like, what the fuck can anyone you do, with do? That, bro? <laughs> like, what can you do with that, bro? Because Witten seems like he has the size and he has he has the ball skills of a wide receiver. He's twitched up. Got that dog in him. I like everything I see out of Witten, bro. I think that he's underrated as far as, like, recruiting rankings go. But that's just another dog coming out of Cleveland, coming out of Glenville Pipeline. Ted Ginn Sr. Uh, a pump into Ohio State, man. The show goes on. So um, yeah. him and uh, um, Deshante Jones um, at running back last night basically put the team on their back and they didn't look back the whole year. Um, your uh, your people's Q uh, came up to Ohio and got spanked. So <laughs> them boys from VA came up to Ohio and got spanked, man. They had to see what the what, see what was, was going on. So. Team. It's also Greenfield, man. <laughs> <laughs> no regular ass, no excuses. Them boys from Virginia came up north and got that ass whooped. So first of all, niggas in Glenville, man, Gatlin Bear looks slow. So that's not a fair match. We got to go get the All Star team and run. You know what? We ain't talk Glenville no more. We got to run that shit back. <laughs> but yeah, Mike called it, man. They got Gatlin Bears all over there. <laughs> <laughs> I got some bears everywhere. This is just not fair. Um, yeah, man, he's so physically gifted. I remember watching his highlights um, the first time when he was getting close to committing and, like, seeing his ranking, and I'm like, yeah, who better than him? Like, especially tying it out, I'm like, all right, this dude has everything as it projects to go to the next level and be an absolute monster. Um, I see that. And I was um, – Oh, Deshante Jones too. I mean, listen, we gave we gave love to Justice Savage, but let's talk about Deshante Jones too. Um, you know, there was grumblings going around that uh, certain people on the beat didn't think that he was, you know, a good running back or or anything like that. And look, and what did he do the first game coming out on in the spotlight in uh, Northeast Ohio versus the world um, weekend? He put the team on his back, came out and ran for what three, four touchdowns. Uh, yesterday looked twitched up, looked unstoppable. So it's just, I just loved everything that we saw yesterday, man. Maslin beating up on Valdosta State, like that was just a good statement to get some respect going on back up, uh, uh back in Ohio. Not only Northeast Ohio, they didn't get no smoke from Columbus or Cincy. So I'm loving it. Shout out Buckeye Punk. I know he's from Valdosta, so I know he probably uh, made his way over to that game and watched his team get fucked up. So shout out to them. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, yeah, we, we moving up. We got 42 people in here. Go ahead and smash that like like button. And tell, tell somebody who ain't in here, bring them in here with you. We having a good time on this Sunday morning. So we're going to move over to the Buckeye talk a little bit. I actually want to do captains first, so let's talk about captains. So 
Xavier Johnson, Tommy Eichenberg, Kay Stober were named captains. Cam, I'm going to pass it to you. Initial reaction, um, anybody you're surprised that is not a captain that you would add? But let me know what you how you feel about the captains chat. Do that as well. Business as usual. Um, like Ron says, Tommy Heismanberg. Don't really see him say much, but um, you could probably tell that he's probably a guy, a leader by example type of guy. Uh, yeah. Highly accountable there in the locker room for him to get that voting uh, as a captain. And you know that where the spec factor is for him. And then Kay Stover, you know, Mr. Buckeye, super program guy, you know, been there for a, for a minute, made the sacrifices going on D, going on offense. He's earned the respect of people not building by putting the team first, so he deserves that. And then yeah. X, um, COVID senior, um, another guy that has a reputation. He's played on D, he's played on O, and he's just waited his time amongst a room full of superstar wide receivers, never flinched, never complained. And all he did was make plays in the biggest games when we needed it. He made plays against Notre Dame. He made plays against Georgia. Um, he had that sick run against Indiana for 70 yards. He's just a baller. So um, I think we just got a bunch of guys that just – those three guys representing what uh, Ryan Deshaun is still in our culture as the team comes first and, and, and build a brotherhood and camaraderie, and I think they represent that. So I'm good. I'm happy with them being captains. Uh, so, so, with yeah. Cade playing in a, so with Cade playing in a rotation uh, in that tight end room, XJ also in a rotation at wide receiver, how important is whoever wins this quarterback battle to be a vocal leader for that offense? Um, I think the good part about this is whoever wins the quarterback battle, we'll, we'll touch on that later, has time to grow into it. They have two guys that are sort of, as Cam would allude to, cornerstones of the program. They do everything right. They do everything by the book, how the coaches want them to. So, I mean, yes, they need to grow into vocal leader. And by the end of the season, you need to be, get your ass over there. I'm running. This is my show. Like, let's go. But when you have a guy like Case Stover right there in the huddle with you, when you have a guy like Xavier Johnson checking in with you more plays than not, um, you got those guys that kind of pick you up, kind of set the tone for the offense and things like that. So you have time to grow into those. And obviously, we're going to need a guy there by midseason. But you don't necessarily need to start out that way. Get out there, get comfortable, get comfortable being that vocal leader. But you're not exactly just pushing to the spotlight of everybody's looking at you like, with dear eyes. Like, we're not ready to go. It's like, we're ready to go. Leave us there. Well, the, the the role of being a captain isn't really all about, like, the, the football, like the game or football in general. Really, they're just, like, the liaison between the team and the coaches. So it's like when Ryan Day wants to know something about the team or if something's going on, like, he can rely on the captains to be that mouthpiece from the staff to the team that the coaches can't always uh, get to like they're basically the glue to keep the locker room together like those guys that everybody listens to so um when it comes to the game i mean i'm sure devin brown kyle mccord marv jtt sawyer i'm feel they all have that respect and that understanding to be able to talk and get their their, their guys up and, and all of that um i don't think that they would be at ohio state if they didn't have that moxie to do that so um but well, yeah, i think you. that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the leadership overall was great, especially when I was hearing um, about how the freshmen are basically um, taking on a role uh, on the team, being vocal. We hear about Malik Harford, um, him him being vocal. We hear Brandon Ennis coming in, um, having that uh, understanding and not want to be great and, and voicing that. So uh, I think we're in good hands culturally. I like everything. 
Yeah, like like you said, Cam, you um you do you have to do that. Remember, we talked about Dwayne Haskins when he was here, and it was like he wasn't much of a talker, and they were like, No, you don't really have a choice. You gotta lead the offense, you gotta go out there and talk and, and be that leader. And more of the point I was alluding to is like this is not necessarily a young offense, other than what we have at tackle. Everybody else is veterans, they've been around the block. Yeah. So when whoever is leading uh step into that huddle. They're going to look at confidence. They're not going to look at guys who haven't been there before. They're going to look at people who are like, we're ready to go. What are we doing? And that exudes confidence all around the team. So that's more of the, more of the point I'm hitting on. Yeah, I'm looking at a comment here talking about Marv. I mean, like the captain thing. I mean, it's really not like – I mean, obviously Marv could be a captain. You know, he's a he's a he's he's the best player in the nation. But uh, I think it just goes into more – like from what I've seen from Ohio State, it's like it seems to be the guys that um, – do does certain things in the program that Ryan Day sees. Fit yeah, personally. I agree. Something that's really like an impact on the field. Because you would think somebody from that junior class, who's probably one of the yeah. best players in the nation, if not at their position in the nation, would have that spot. But doesn't really have it. But it's not. A, yeah. I don't think it's a terribly big deal. Big yeah. deal here as far as captains. But since we brought up captains, Xavier Johnson, and I'll, I'll, I'll shoot to you, Ron. He gets the blocko. He's a guy wearing the zero, going to be get the nice photos on, on the highlights, you know what I'm saying, going into the season. Talk about Xavier Johnson getting the block O. Uh, what does that mean for him? And um, and uh, this is the guy you would have picked to take the block O. Yeah, I think it was a pretty obvious choice here with uh, XJ. He's given so much to this team in so many different capacities. He's been here for a long time, and I feel like he deserves it. I mean, honestly, I don't really can't even think of another – reasonable candidate i know they asked Cade in his recent interviews and he kind of said yeah i mean i would take it as an honor but kind of like eight so <laughs> i think it was going to be one of those captains Cade or xj two guys that have uh you know moved around and just given everything to the team uh anytime it's been asked of them so um i think it's very deserving i honestly couldn't think of a better candidate yeah cam uh i like it i like it a lot um He's been there, he's been hanging around, um, being a leader. And also, like, I mean, let's not let's not act like XJ is just like this makeshift player, too. I mean, I think he's gonna have a future in the NFL too. Um uh, as well. Um, my my big my favorite thing about him is that he's a walk-on and he um has found a way to make himself shine. And the most loaded wide receiver rooms that we've seen probably in a very long time in college football. And what happens every time we have a big game, we see number 10 or number zero now make a play. So I think that says a lot uh, about him um, and, and what he can bring to the team that shows through the game that he plays. So I love x Yeah, same here. I mean, I think this is what the blocko is really all about. It's not necessarily given to that guy who you think is, you know, maybe going out and being a first round pick and, you know, things like that. It's just the most talented guy on the team. It's about the guy who's stuck around the longest, the guy who's fought through hardships, the guy who maybe shouldn't be in the position he is, but he's worked in tooth and nail so much to get there that now he's here and he's earned the respect of everybody around him on the team. So that's what the block goes about. Xavier Johnson, like you said, He's not he's not consistently there week in, week out as target number one. But when this team needs big time play, he delivers it. I mean, every Georgia, time, bro. Every like, time. It's crazy. Georgia game, it was like, ah, shit, Georgia's coming back. XJ shows up. He's bringing the attitude. He's making a play. And it's like, happy we got this guy on the team, man. Absolutely. Like, for a team that needs some fucking attitude at times where you're like, yo, what are we doing? Like, we ain't about to talk to us or, or 
kind of kind of show their stuff at us without us responding. XJ is that dude getting in people's faces. Fuck, he's ready to fight. He's ready to make a play. So I thought I thought there couldn't be a much better choice than XJ for the block zero. Absolutely, I agree. And I'm ready to see some highlights with that with that zero in the back. I'm ready to see some TDs and a zero in the end zone. So <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. Um, chat. Oh, okay. I was just about to hit y'all, but we got our first super chat. Let me bring that up here. Oh, Ron, go ahead. My fault. Yeah, that's from hey, was it Jamet? I want to say, or <laughs> you got some of your numbers there. My fault. I screwed up your name, but I love XJ. He's a great leader. Not gonna lie. The only, the only guy thinking the whole block O thing is corny. Um, yeah, I think you might be, bro. I got, I kind of messed with it. I, mean, I don't like it in scenarios when we don't have the someone that like super warrants it. Like I feel like it made sense with Cam Bab. Um, but like, was, uh, does it have to be an every year thing? Do you think? Yeah, that's I'm with you on that, Ron. Yeah, they're you know what I mean, weird. like I think it's a I think it's a cool honor, but I feel like it takes away from it. Like not that not that XJ's undeserving, but I feel like like. The XJ Kinda, story and the Cam Bab story are a little different. You know what do I mean? You, would you want it? I, I'll ask this question. Would you want it like LSU does their seven, where it's like in this scenario, like Marv would be the one getting a zero because he's going to go ball out and put up the stats and be the awards guy, be the first round pick because they no, get seven. Player. That's no, like hit? That? no, because that's not organic. Like the, the seven at LSU came because like there was a number seven that was a dog. And then another dog came over number seven, and it's just like so forth and so on. They didn't just like choose like, oh, you're the best player. We're going to make number three our number, you know? Like so, I, that's kind of. Oh, like, I, you know, I might have been off. I thought that's how it worked. Like they would be like the next. No, next, no, next, I next forgot who the first seven. seven was. It was there was it was a it was a string of players that were Did wearing seven number big? seven. It's like one for Michigan. So, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I want you on that, Ron. I think it should be like a. Oh man, we got a block O candidate this year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we got somebody that might actually get it. And it's been a couple years. You know, yeah, and, like and if it we makes gave it the block O out every couple yeah. of years. I think it would add more value to it. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, yeah, that would make it more cool. Because solid I, take, I, yeah. brother. Especially too. I need somebody who's gonna wear the block O. Like their muffer had the block O, and it's like we never gonna see that on the field because it's gotta wear 74. Like, what what's what are we doing? Like all right, there we love you, but like I want if we go have a quarterback with the block OB crazy. Oh, hey, that, well, hey, you said it. You said it. it so we're gonna get into it. I know we have a ton of quarterback stuff on the schedule. They're talking about Devin Brown being the starter. I hate to rain on everybody's parade. Like, I think Devin is gonna be a dog. I fucking hate 33. I, I fucking hate it. I hate every, that was my number in high school i wore 33 in every sport i wore three in soccer i wore 33 in football i wore fucking 33 in basketball that is my number my dad wore 33 i love the number 33 it is my favorite number i fucking hate that devin brown is wearing it i mean you want to give you want to give devin the block and let go I, I would rather devin wear the block than 33 i ain't gonna lie to you bro i think that 33 kind of getting hard that shit growing on me man bro. i ain't gonna lie bro that 33 out there like let's get in a bro. fictional scenario if bro, they you get mixed out, up by a quarterback wearing 33 that shit gonna be crazy bro i mean i get That's it crazy. it just looks odd but like let's say hypothetically like they were like hey devin you the dude we about to give you the block o would you imagine the hype train that would go right before the season, bro? Twitter would go off the fucking rails if they're like, yo, get his man to block zero and let's ride. 
Man. I just imagine the fucking timeline. That's that should actually go crazy. DB 33, man. I know. Hey, man. Man. I, I wish you kept the 15 because I wore 15, but you know, hey, hey Devin, as, as long as you win, bro, I'll, I'll put the 33 on my. The bag. only reason, the only hard. reason it's hitting with me, bro, is because like they he showed like his like Pee Wee football photos, like he really was rocking 33 the whole time. Like, so it's like he rocking with it. That's his number, bro. But I mean, if he like showed you like Pee Wee photos of him rocking sixty nine, do you think like sixty nine should be the quarterback at Ohio State? Like, uh, it's nah, silly. nigga. Uh, thirty three is far. <laughs> you you start going higher than that, <laughs> bro. Thirty three, man. That's his I think Teddy bro. Bridgewater's wearing fifty this year. Oh my goodness! Did I see that? Hey, that's the Devin Brown effect, bro. Quarterback starting to go with the uh, double digit unorthodox numbers. Uh, about so to see you, Quarterback wore ninety-eight. Was that Devin Gardner? Yeah, he was cheese butter though. Shit, he was wearing ninety-eight. <laughs> 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 Fuck, he balling out with that. That right there, that right there takes your bad score down <laughs> ten points. So yeah, but <laughs> we're, so we hopping into it. So we talked about jersey numbers and we talked about Devin Brown. Obviously, this quarterback. My fault. Thank you for the super chat again, Jamal. If I'm screwing your name, my fault. But we appreciate super chat, man. Um, yeah. So oh, I lost my thing. Give me one second. There we go. All right. So quarterback battle rages on. We got a lot of hype over the weekend. We don't know who the starter is yet, so still still to come. But getting a lot of hype from Devin Brown. And, and the way I want to word this question is, if Devin Brown's a guy, we don't know for sure. Things are looking like it. But if Devin Brown's the guy, my sort of question is, are we going to start to see, because we had a guy – in the room, been there for three years, done all the things right from what we hear, should be the next one to step up. We got this younger guy. He's a second-year program, super talented, super crazy. If they go with Devin Brown, do you feel like as an overall team, we start to see a youth movement with talent? Like I'm talking about like Devin Brown, if he's named a starter, do we start to see like, oh, we really get to see C.J. Hicks this year because we've got to play if he's young and talented. Oh, we really start to see Sonny Styles and just guys like that. Do you think that starts to allude to overall youth movement of play the most talented players to see what we got? Or is it just like, you know, Devin Brown's just that guy and we're just going with that? I, I want to know if that actual effect on the team we're going to see across the board. And that's for the chat as well. But go ahead, Cam. Oh, uh, man. That's a funny question because it's like – Ryan Day is a head coach, and he's and he's obviously in control of the quarterbacks, and 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 the overall direction of the offense with him being an offensive coach and and his his role with that. So that's like kind of different than like what like what decisions can really be made by a Laurinaitis or a um, like a Jim Knowles uh, that yeah. can't just you know like start the person that they want. So I feel like with Ryan Day, I mean, he we've always seen evidence that he was going to play the best player um, at quarterback. Um, this was really the first time that we've ever had a battle to where it was like even a question, like who was going to play. I mean, CJ was pretty much reported immediately that he's different, that he yeah. was going to start when he was going through it, Justin Fields and chugging off. I mean, come on now. And then – the Dwayne Haskins issue, and then Joe Burrow ends up leaving. So this was the first time that we saw Ryan Day. It was like, is he going to go the favoritism route or whatever? And if he goes with a guy that's younger, I think that that's going against a lot of narratives that um, yeah. people would have thought or the beat put out that, you know, Ryan Day is going to go with seniority. Now, can that thought process trickle down to Jim Knowles and the rest? 
Absolutely, because if the head coach is saying, I'm going to play with the younger, better player, why not the defense? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I see Matthew in the chat. He's talking about we already do that on offense. The defense is where you usually see the older guys. Yeah. Um, offense is more safe to play a young wide receiver or more safe to play a young running back. Obviously, just because of the structure of the team. Um, and defense is a little harder, but that but that's where I'm pushing. It's it's safe, and I feel like a lot of times we either we make the safe move or the more comfortable move. But now at the top, it would have been really safe to have declared Kyle McCord the guy. And that's the direction that we've all thought it was going. I thought it was going that way all summer. I know Ron thought it was going uh, that way. I think Mike as well, too. I don't care where you were at with the QB battle before predicting who was going to start. But, um, but yeah, that's all direction we thought it was going to go. But, like, like, like you said, if, if Ryan Day is willing to be like, all right, we'll throw the younger, more talented guy in at quarterback, and that's the direction it goes, like, he's the head guy. <laughs> so if he's like, all right, if I'm doing that, you know what I'm saying? We got these freak shows on defense or maybe this. I don't Jim, like, and also Jim's coaching background is different than Ron Day's too. You know, Ron Day's coming from an NFL, uh, very personnel-centric background um, uh, regarding offense. So, like, I never really had an issue with Ryan Day's, um, the like, grouping, like, with personnel because I feel like ever since he's been here, I feel like the best players, whether they're freshmen or not, got a chance to get some get some shine and get some play like Garrett Wilson got worked in there JSN got worked in there JMO got worked in there every now and then Trey so it's like if we had top end talent on offense Ryan Day finds a way to play them early which is why that, rec- that translates into the recruiting yeah. so effortlessly on that side of the ball now the issue with Jim Knowles versus Ryan Day is I don't know if Jim Knowles really trusts his players and so it kind of seems like he just falls back on the old reliable. It's like, well, at least I know, like, I can call whatever set or whatever blitz or whatever, and I'm going to be make sure that the call gets in. I'm going to make sure that um, <clears throat> everybody's going to have higher understanding of what I'm trying to do, which is great, which is understandable from a head coaching standpoint. But how much of that can you – are you willing to give up for extraordinary athleticism? and extraordinary yeah. instincts and extraordinary playmaking ability that you know that C.J. Hicks has over um, Eichenberg and has over Steel Chambers. Sonny Styles that you know can get off the hash. That's 230 pounds. Like when Michigan comes, Michigan comes out with that off-balance set and the 12 personnel, you know that Sonny Styles has the ability to, uh, to, to take on a tight end and also go set the edge at 230 because he's a unicorn. Um, but – it just it's it's going to be interesting to see if Jim Knowles starts to, you know, get a little bit of Kirby in him and say, hey, they don't know everything, but these motherfuckers is dogs and they're going to run around and fly. And by week seven, I'm going to have a whole freshman class of animals. So yeah. we'll see, bro. Like, And piggy, piggybacking off of what you just talked about, I think those guys that Jim Knowles trust the most, are a bit of blockers for the guys we sort of want to see because if you think like Keanu Jackson, like those guys right there moving around, if Tommy Eichenberg is in, he probably trusts those guys. He's like, oh, <clears throat> Tommy will get Keanu in the right spot. He'll get Caden Curry in the right spot. You can let those guys be who they want. We all want C.J. Hicks and a bit of youth movement at linebacker. And it's like, but then he have, he would have to take the guy he trusts most off the field to put those guys in, and then he's not so comfortable then in other positions or – at safety where uh, Lathan Ransom was a guy he probably trusted most in secondary last season who was balling out un- until the last couple games. 
So he was a blocker for that's the Sonny Styles position last season. So, yeah, man, um, I think I think that's an interesting point. And I think, too, that's a little bit of the problem. The guys, he trusts most are kind of kind of in the way a little bit. But you brought up Matthew. He had a question. Um, yeah. Do you think starting Devin over Kyle can affect the locker room? Um, I'm going to appear to something I said on Buckeye Roast in the morning. Um, Cam, I talked about, like, as far as a vibe, especially what you get from your quarterback, like, this could just be a more East Coast or more of a, a Midwest thing. But we seem to like guys who run a little bit more hot. Like, we seem to like the guy who talks a little shit. Like, you know, that's the guy we go, like, as much as Kyle, like, He's a very cool demeanor. I, I kind of called him like the James Bond of like, I know what I'm going to do and I don't need to, you know, tell you about it. I'm just going to go show you. Like He's a little more cool collected. Devin seems like a guy who runs a little more hot, talk a little more trash. One, do you think, I want to ask you, do you think the fan base rallies around that more first? And second, Matthew's question, do you think uh, what effect that's going to have on the locker room? Um, to answer not my part on um Matthew's question. Um the thing with that I've always seen and known in sports in general, um, to keep the locker room intact, um, is very simple. You play the best players because the players know who's the best. So you play the best players. If Devin Brown is actually better than Kyle McCord and they're practicing every day and they see it and they know it, there's not gonna be an issue. Like, I can be best friends with Ron, and if Ron is the worst running back on a team and he's not starting, I'm going to be like, bro, like, you're not, you you lost a job. So I don't think that starting Devin Man, or If Ron Kyle, ain't starting, I'm firing Tony Alford. <laughs> let's keep it <laughs> Like, I don't think that starting or benching Devin Brown or Kyle will affect the locker room because I think they both got respect to the team. But I think there's obviously a player that's been showing more, and I think that the players know that, the coaching staff knows that. And soon the fan base will. So uh, I don't think it'll be the issue at all. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I I don't know, man. I feel like with just if Devin Brown is starting and he really gets command of this team, I think we are going to have a team that is a lot more nasty than they than they were the last couple of years. I just think I think that attitude is just the confidence he pulls off. I feel like he's going to he's going to come in again. He's going to talk some shit. I feel like the team will gravitate around that. And you're going to start to see this team with a little more edge and that's no disrespect to Kyle at all. I feel like if Kyle started, we would probably sort of have that same vibe we had the last couple of seasons with CJ. CJ seemed like a little more chill guy. Obviously, we see CJ talk, we see him get in front of the team, we see him demand respect, but I didn't necessarily see CJ out on the field, like talking crazy, like doing things like that. Like I would have wanted to like more. He did later, like in the Georgia game where you saw him have a little more, I guess a little more vibe about him like that. I think with, if Devin comes in, he's going to be that guy where it's like, Oh shit. Like this team has really turned a corner just as far as attitude. So that's where I would think about it. Um, Ron, go ahead and weigh in. I know you were in and out there. Um, do you think it has any effect on the locker room with Devin starting? And um, I talked to you about the other day. Do you think this fan base will react to a quarterback that has a little more, a little more of that juice to him, um, and be a little more. Well, we already have an obnoxious and toxic fan base. So if we have a a very confident uh, quarterback that exudes that confidence, I feel like the fan base will embrace it and be will match the energy. Um, as far as if Devin's the starter, I feel like he does bring a different type of energy, like you guys touched on. I know we always talk about uh, 
that last Michigan game where going into the fourth quarter, there was a guy standing on the bench screaming at the whole team. And I feel like Devin can be that type of guy. So just I feel like Devin would definitely be a more vocal leader. And I feel like uh, the team would take on that. Uh, what's Cam call him? A give a shitter? Yeah, bro. <laughs> got to get a high give a shitter, man. Get your give a yeah, shitter. Yeah, we got up. a high give a shitter at quarterback. So <laughs> I feel like uh, that type of energy at quarterback would uh, trickle down to the rest of the team. Yeah, so that's it. There we go. Wait on that. Hey, Matthew, I appreciate the question. One of our guys, he's always in here. So appreciate you, man. Appreciate you tapping in every week. And for everybody else, I see y'all in the chat. We have to do 106 in here. Like that video. Y'all know we're here at least six days a week, if not more. So we appreciate y'all tapping in and just love, like I said, not more than people. But for y'all, you know, we'll wake up. <laughs> we'll get in here and hang out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So. Uh, paneling off of that, so we talked Devin Brown a little bit, and I kind of want to open up this question in chat. This is this is for y'all as as well. Um, I kind of want to ask. So obviously this week we had a little bit more of the the new media vibe. Obviously Zach talked about um, Devin Brown, new media, kind of favoring him, things like that. The beat a little bit bit back, and it was like ah, oh, well, let's tone that down. All that stuff. Don't necessarily want to touch on that specifically but i want to talk about this why not you being pussy <laughs> yes yes i am so i just um, talk about it we can talk about it yeah let's talk about that shit right now talk about that shit talk about it let's put names on it nigga hold on hold on hold on hold on this is my general question and i'll say what you scared put you in a knuckle sandwich bro they don't pay me it is what it is i can't get in trouble here but um you know what i'm saying my my question is if you want an athletic quarterback you got to go with lincoln king holds right yeah all right if you uh my question is <laughs> do y'all think the beat if one is really taking a hit or is not as relevant as they once were because of the access of media we get you hop on twitter everybody except cam, media you know say everybody except cam is an insider everybody knows everything information gets out there very <laughs> quickly we all have access to information too at times that that doesn't go out there for like two three days we're like you're we're ahead of the game we get stuff one in general is the meat taking it as the is the no nah, god damn it's the beat taking a pause <laughs> <Yo. Christ. laughs> <laughs> my fault oh i don't hey, know if the meat hey, is getting beat no there ain't no editing that out i'm laughing bro laughing. what do you mean you're out here trying to beat your meat on the podcast, nigga. We're trying to talk football. <laughs> Yo, that was totally off. Oh, That's the meat taking you a step back in importance. That's oh, the question. Is the meat getting a step back in importance? And are they oh. not as relevant as they once were? Y'all can take it from there. God damn. <laughs> hey, <wow>. yo. <laughs> hey, they had to do it. Say this to me. Like, I didn't even say a sentence with it for it to be a pause. Oh, it's already in this man got meat on his mind. But no, nah, we're going to talk about the beat here. I think, I think we're seeing access media take a hit because Ohio State has buttoned down their level of access that they're giving to people to a level that we've never seen before. They're barely in practices. They don't say shit. Uh, during the interviews, they talk about Pop-Tarts and your favorite roommate and things like that. I mean, I always say this. Why do we have 16 people on the beat and all of them stand there with a recorder? And they're all recording the exact same thing. 15 people are live streaming the same fucking interview. 
for what? Like, write down the questions and send an intern if everyone's just going to stand there with a recorder and just record the exact same thing. It doesn't make sense to me, especially when they don't say anything. So, I mean, we're going to see an interesting season this year. I mean, uh, Menace to Sports has become one of the largest platforms, if not the largest platform in Ohio State media, despite being a national show. Are they going to have to get more entertaining? Because it's not like they're providing inside information. Like, there's no Oracle anymore. Like, we're not getting camp nuggets. We're not getting any of that inside shit. So, what are you subscribing for? Like, I used to... Before we started Best Damn Media, I subscribed to every Buckeye paid subscription news outlet, and I couldn't tell you a single one that tells you anything before Twitter. Not one. Yeah. Okay. Man, listen. Um, Obviously, with Ryan Day, like, you see how he talks to the media, how he uh, is very just, like, a robot. It's like Ryan Day is the sky blue. He was like, Well, you know, I uh, woke up this day, I looked up, and then it seemed to be that color. Like, well, what does that mean? You know, like he's he's never gonna give you like direct info or direct access or direct whatever to what he's thinking. Um, because he's very tightened up button, like you said. But I don't we don't have no beat members that's outside. Go outside, like. What like do, 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 who want to be is I mean they're going to the high school games they're doing all that they're doing Berm. all that yeah Berm. yeah Berm, like Berm shout out Berm like Berm's going like to the to the football games and or whatever but nowadays the flow of information is coming from aunts uncles it's coming from yeah. high school coaches coming from little league coaches it's coming from people in NILs it's coming from street agents it's coming Big from cats. all of that so it's like. Are you outside, bro? Because, like, you're not going to get all the information you need, especially regarding recruiting by being in a Woody all day with a microphone asking uh, Mark Pantone's and the and the so-and-sos to give you all factual information. You got to be outside. Sometimes you got to be, like, a journalist, you know, and, yeah. and go get sources and go talk to people and, and do that. I don't know if we have that on the beat, but um, – the interviews with the players that they get, I mean, that's cool too. But I just feel like Zach's and the Menace and Chris and 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 BDMG. I just feel like that we are putting a very solid effort to be outside, to be, to put our ears to the streets and to hear what's going on and what's and putting things together. And people are trusting us because we're not in the news breaking. It's not behind a paywall. We just want to see Buckeye football win. So. Yeah, and uh, I see Mike in the chat. I was like, shout out to Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, man, he's talking about there. there's guys, and we're not saying there's not guys on the beat that are good. Obviously, Dave Biddle does a great job. Yeah. Doug Maurice, he's going to ask some hard questions and get some answers. And I'll shout out to our guy, Berm. He does a great job as well. I just think it was such a, a stronghold on, like, we have the credentials. We can ask the questions. And we sit here every week, and we we watch these interviews. We try to, we try to prep our shows and things like that. And we're like, one, this shit is dry. We not really getting shit. Like me and Ron is in here grinding, trying to make the show when we do our shows every morning, trying to make our show entertaining, try to think more outside the box. I don't think there is a lot of that on the beat as far as one, getting that information, which is great, but then two, presenting that information in, in an entertaining value. I mean, Ron, what, what have we been at the game for like, what, two weeks? How long have we doing Buckeye Rose? 14 episodes yeah we're 14 episodes in and obviously big shout out to you guys who come in and hang out with us every morning bro we're 14 episodes in i'm talking like 
<clears throat> we're doing pretty well for just joining in. And and I, and I see guys in there talking about like, hey, we seen your show. We're over here every morning just because of the entertainment value that you bring and things like that. And I feel like just from the beat, just holding on to credentials and having information is just not enough. You also have to be able to present it, be personalities, do, do your homework like Cam was talking about, make those connections, chase down stories and things like that. And I feel like that is why Menace is blown up so much as it is. That is why we're able to do this and do this well. And now the channel has hit, you know, a point where it's like, okay, like we come in here and I look at the line, I'm like 117 people like, oh shit. Like, you know, we get to go talk to a hundred people every day and vibe out about Ohio State football. So I, I just think, I just think some of those things are missing. The people on the beat that do it, do it well. And that's great. But also too, the amount of hit back that they got just for, saying what they heard is like it's getting crazy and it's like you're trying to keep a stronghold this information when that's not what actually makes you valuable because we can all sit up there and watch interviews what makes you valuable is how you get the information and then how you present it so that that is just kind of my view of it and how entertaining you are to keep people showing up having a good time things like that yeah so i just I've don't always, oh go ahead, go ahead so i've always said that uh ohio state has one of the largest beats in all of uh american sports i think uh, it's just as entertaining as the team covering the drama on the beat. And I feel like last year it was like every media outlet versus Buckeye scoop. Now I feel like this year with Menace breaking, you know, the quarterback story potentially a week before anyone else had it. I think we're about to watch another Royal Rumble on the beat this year because it's going to be everyone looking at Menace like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And like we like I think two thing is. They walk a line on the beat, and this is kind of the positive negative of having those credentials and everything. They can't just come out and just say, like, we, we show up here, and if Ohio State plays terribly, oh, I swear to God, on that Sunday, like, you, you about to hear some shit because we're going to go off. We're going to tell you, like, how it is. And I feel like the problem with having credentials and walking that line is you can't, like, really do that. And I feel like it's a holdback, but that's a sacrifice you got to make, like, we don't never care about green credentials. We're going to come up here and say how you feel it. Nobody's going to tell us, you know, uh, you can't say one thing or another. Because we're going to say what we're going to say. You either rock with it or you don't. And that's just kind of how I feel like where we're at. Man, yeah. Because, like, like if you look at the NFL, like, uh, like um, some teams are friendlier than others. But, like, like if, a, if a team does bad in the NFL, the beat's like, hey, like, that was trash. Yeah, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what are y'all doing in practice this week to fix the shit? Like, could you imagine so, if uh, your boy Mark yeah. Madden was on the Ohio State beat? How crazy that nigga would talk about the Buckeyes? Yeah, like, bro, like, there's just like it's so like I'm like that's how it does in pro sports, but here it's like it's like they got like a freaking conglomerate of like people that are just like oh so hell bent on protecting the reputation of certain coaches and certain players and certain staff members that it's like. We're not getting a real spiel, a real tea. Like, what's going on? Like, we want to know what's going on, good or bad. Like, like he said here in the comment section. So, I mean, not trying to like completely fucking go off the the Richter scales on the beat. There's there's some there's some guys that are on the beat that are doing a good job. But as an overall, I don't I can't say that that I feel like the beat has been as effective as it should be. Um, for a program like Ohio State, um, during especially during this offseason, this cycle, so um, hopefully, uh, 
and yeah, that too, and also allowing the new allow, media, allowing allow new motherfuckers to come on here and be able to talk and not bite back at that. I think that's where, like, okay, like, you, you know, oh, we, we can also work on a credentials members uh, for Ohio State. Um, you know, getting some some darker shade of folks, some some black folks or something on that beat. That might that might <laughs> be great for Ohio State too, because it's looking real uh, country clubbish. So. We're gonna yeah. work on that as well. Got to turn the this down when you look at the beat photo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, man, want to uh, want to touch on that a bit? We got we got some stuff for y'all, so I, I wanna I want y'all to weigh in on this. So we'll get to that in a second. But um, who who who, who said? Oh, my God, Daniel's in here. Hey, he said, quit slagging, chat. There ain't fifty likes in here. We got one hundred twenty-two people in here. Go ahead, and like that video. We got to get Cam that Tito sponsorship. You know, for his show, we need that. You want if you want Cam on Tito's Thursday. Hey, man. Like hey, all the OG. Hey, all the OGs that's been rocking from us from the jump. <laughs> y'all already know what type of content y'all gonna get if I do a Tito's sponsored podcast. Uh, like the video. We come in here. Come on, man. So, um, so yeah, but um, no, nah, interesting conversations. I'm sure we'll hit back on that um as the season goes. But yeah, definitely want to talk that. Um, so Cam, this I, I wrote this in here for you. So we're gonna do this segment. So, chat, we have a top 100 list. We have an over-under. We're going to get to that in a second. That is that is your time. I want you all to weigh in there, and we're going to see if guys are too high, too low. But before we get to that, I want Cam to break down this defensive line. So, Cam, this is my overall question. You're a defensive line guy. Play defensive line in college. We've been talking about this defensive line all offseason. They just had their interviews. We kind of know the pieces are kind of set down. Now, my question to you is, one, why is this defense? Because you've been saying this defensive line is going to be different this year. It's going to be different than it's been the last few years. Let me know why this defensive line is going to be different. And let me know, do we have the best defensive line in the country? Those are two questions I have for you. Take it away. Our D-line is going to be better this year because of interior depth and interior twitch. We have people on the interior that is twitched up. Now, I know that we heard uh, the rumors about Ty Leak and how he's out of shape, like whatever, like blase, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we heard that shit last year, too, and all I saw was him absolutely obliterate Georgia's guard for <laughs> fucking two quarters in a uh, playoff game. So save all the Ty League Williams is this and that bullshit. I've seen him play, put that nigga in the game. Now, number two, we got depth this year. So we got Caden Curry's, we got the Kenyatta Jacksons, we got the Hero Canoes, we got the Ty Hamilton or the uh, Taiwan Malone's. And we got the Kaden McDonald's, too, who just got his black stripe removed. So I feel like we have legitimately four people behind Jack Sawyer, uh, JTT, and Mike Hall Jr., uh, four or five that can, we can rotate in there to be effective immediately, bro, immediately. And not to not to forget the whole Jack position we're, we're testing out, uh, Arbel Reese. Right now, at that position, who's six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and thirty-five pound freshman, running like a fucking deer, we put another fifteen pounds on him. We got a two hundred forty-five pound hybrid linebacker uh, mixed in with another two hundred thirty pound, six foot five safety. So we looking real freakish out there, bro. Um, I think that our defensive line is going to be the best because if you watch. Uh, JTT last year and and Jack Sawyer, like I've been saying for how long, Ron? The reason <laughs> we didn't get socks is because we had no interior pass rush last year. So with Teron Cage, uh, Teron Vincent, all those guys, we had no push. But this year, I think you're going to see the quarterbacks getting knocked off platform a lot more. 
to the point where there's going to be kind of a chase and rally type of thing going on. So I'm excited, bro. I just don't see anybody with a two and a half, almost three deep that we do have that defensive line. I know Georgia fans are going to say, well, that their, their defensive line is good, which, you know, they have their opinions. But when it's all said and done, I think where our defensive line is going to come out as the best, especially – Look at all the guys that we play. We're going to end up playing Michigan, who's arguably, you know, quote unquote, claiming themselves as the Joe Moore Award winner for the third time in a row this year. Uh, we play Joe Alt, who has a first round, a top 10 projected tackle on their team. We're going to play Olu over there at Penn State, who also has a top 10 projected um, tackle on their team. We're going to go play Wisconsin, who has been getting offseason hype for offensive line. So we're going to know very early and very often this year what type of uh, problem that we're going to have on this D-line for the nation. So I think they're going to ball out. I think they're going to do uh, amazing against the best teams that we play. And uh, I have no reason to to think otherwise. So Yeah, and just just follow that, man. I'm, <laughs> I have been, you know, very jealous, and it's a shout out to Georgia, of their defensive line and just, like I, t- I talked about with Ron, I said, bro, nobody runs on Georgia. It's not even a thought. You don't go into the game like, oh, shit, we're going to We did. Them. You know, we did at spurts. It's a different story. That's we a different story. A little bit story. of effectiveness at times. But you don't just line up against Georgia and just run the ball. And I'm like, damn, wouldn't that be nice to have a defensive line where you know they're just going to take the run game away, and in the past game they're going to get on your ass. And it looks like this season we finally have that defensive line where it's like not only with the star power of – They've had Jalen Carter. They've had guys like that. And it's like, oh, shit, we might. We got some star power where we should have one of those dudes or people talking about should be a lottery pick, early round pick. We should have one of those guys. And we have depth to where it's like, you know, last season, oh, Jerron Cage, you know, Jerron Vincent rolled out there. We ain't get no pass rush. Just whatever. It's like when Larry Johnson has to sub this season, the guy he's bringing in, we're all like, okay, we can rock with that. All right, you can sub. I'm with you. Yeah. What the guys could do. So. It's a lot of excitement. There's man. a lot of bro. There's a lot of dudes who are over. I think like Katie. I think Caden Curry is gonna have his moments this year. Um, um, from what I seen coming out of high school, I thought that Caden Curry had the the quickest first step out of everybody on the D line. Um, uh, as far as it's just like being a pure edge rusher. So and he's not even getting as much hype and as much yeah. as talk because I think that he's deserved. Um, Mickens, like I mean, we just we just look. We just look like Freak, we can bro. give teams body blows this year. It's yeah. like, okay, boom, 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 boom. All right, we're going to put in a fresh new rotation, and all of them is with the shits. Yeah. Like, we ain't had this shit in a minute, bro. And on my guy, Hero Canoe, remember the name. You, yeah, you, you've talked about Hero Canoe so much in this offseason, and we have so many guys where it's like almost – he's almost a name where it's like he's like the fifth or sixth, seventh guy name, and it's like, well, shit, if he's – you know, if, if he's – Trying to crack the two deep, we know we doing all right. <laughs> yeah, dude's like gonna be, dude's gonna be a monster, man. And obviously, um, shout out to Amari Abor. I know he got hurt, so definitely support him. <laughs> I know he be he be with the shits on the timeline, but um, it sucks to have back to back injuries. So hopefully he gets well soon. But yeah, man, this defense line is absolutely insane, and I, I'm I'm just ready for it. So you, you you standing on that line, best in the country, best. Quote me. Put me, right, dude, a, there's put, your answer. put me in a locker room, man, for yeah, bulletin forfeiture. Tell them truth or told the truth today. Yeah, clip us up on the on the timeline. So definitely want to hit that. Um, this is a good time for me to plug everybody. 
So we know we do our shows during the week. Um, we try to catch it very early on, get people before they go to work. But I mean, if you cannot catch us there, we do have audio. My guy Ron's been putting in the work on the audio. He's got uploaded. So anywhere you can find podcasts, anywhere we're in there for all shows. Buckeye BS is there. Buckeye Rose is there. So everywhere you find audio is in there. Let me plug it because my guy Ron's been working hard behind the scenes. He's working hard. He's been getting that up there. And he was even sick, you know, last night, this morning. He showed up for the Buckeye BS. So shout out to my guy. Like the video for Ron because he showed up in here. And he's putting on performance for y'all. So appreciate that. All right, so y'all, we got 133 people in here. I put this together for y'all. I think this is going to be pretty fun. So let, let's let's do this. So ESPN, and actually bring home. ESPN did a top 100 college football player list. And I'm going to bring it up so I can just give you the straight top 10. And let me do that. And there we go. So I'm going to give you the straight top 10. What I want to know, what I want to know is, is this player overrated? on this list is he underrated or is he right where he needs to be so let me start with this top 10 i'm gonna read you top 10 then we're gonna hop into certain players i'm gonna ask these guys what they think but this is the top 10 espn gave so caleb williams is one usc heisman guy coming back brock bowers is two Marvin stop 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 no no we're gonna oh we're gonna come God. back to 10 but this nigga brock bowers at two at two Smoking dick. Like, Rock. I'm not trying to hear it. There's absolutely no fucking way a fucking tight end is the number two player in the country. Did something happen to Marvin Harrison Jr.? Did Devin Brown retire? What are we doing here? Number two is absolutely crazy. Bro. All right. Let me get through this top ten. And, not, and then we got Punk in here. It's not even 11 a.m. and he's in here smoking dick. He said Brock should be one. What? All right. Caleb Williams one. Rock Bowers two, Marvin Harrison is three, Harold Perkins is four, Drake May is five, Michael Pennis Jr. at six, Blake Corm at seven. Chat, calm down. Holy calm shit, down. We'll get into that. Blake Corm is at seven. Jordan Travis from Florida State is at eight. Gerald Verse from Florida State is at nine, and Mikael Williams, the Georgia defense, and is at ten. So that's your top ten. Now we have guys from around the Big Ten we picked out. So now. Let's go back to Brock Bowers at two. Chat, Brock Bowers at two. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Ron already went off, so Cam, let me know. Brock Bowers at two, what do you think? Absolutely disgusting. Um, I think that Brock Bowers is a good tight end, but we're going to see what that man looked like without Todd Munkin. Um, <laughs> Your buck's at too low. We're gonna see what that man looked like without Todd Munkin. You know what I'm saying? Uh, cause uh I I I don't think that anybody in this chat, that chat, the other chat, Mars or Planet fucking Pluto is taking Brock Bowers on their team over Marvin Harrison Jr. So uh that's what I got to say about that. And Blake Corum, bro, get serious. I'm not even you get to play, right, bro. Blake Corum is not a top 10 football player in fucking America, bro. J Trayvon Henderson had the same exact stat line as freshman year. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. All right. So, Mar Marv at three. Marv is at three. Is Marv too high, too low, or just right? Way too low. Too low. Marv should be number one for real. Honestly. I, I can see that. I mean, I Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Marv is more dominant as a wide receiver than Caleb Williams is as a quarterback. That is true. 
I don't know. Caleb Williams is a lot of hype. He's coming back. He won the Heisman. He looked good this offseason, too. I watched I, Caleb I, I Williams. happy with Caleb at one and Marv at two. I watched Caleb Williams like Cam Rising put him on a hub. And then I watched the Oregon State Beavers make that man look like he was playing pop winner. So I can't yeah, really point I'm, out a game where Marv looked like that, but you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it is what it is. Y'all think Caleb Williams should be one from Drew? Okay, I, like I, I'm cool with Caleb at one. All right, you Caleb fan? Oh, cause you from DC. I'm, I'm picking up on it, bro. I'm He's picking up heart. on it, bro. Yeah, bro. Like you be on Yeah, I paint. I paint my fingernails with from the crib, bro. I forgot that Caleb Williams from the crib, bro. He always got that little. Bro, Caleb I don't even care. I've never seen this nigga play. I really even know who this nigga was till he committed. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, right. I, yeah. I can't say 100%. I paint my nails, fuck Notre Dame on them. That's that's what I do nah, before nah, games. He from the he from the crib. That's why y'all hyping him, bro. I picked it up. Right. I'm picking up on that now, bro. Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. at six, former Indiana quarterback. Where we at? Too high, too low. Maybe doing? I just don't know football, but I was mad offended on Friday when they kept comparing this nigga Aaron Nolan to Michael Penix Jr. I'm like, what are what are we doing here? And then I see this list, and I'm like. The sixth best player in college football? I mean, I guess so. Uh, I don't know about six, but, I mean, I, w- I was just so perplexed during that Aaron Nolan game where they kept going, you know who he reminds us of? Michael Penix. <laughs> nah, I told uh, I told Chris yesterday that that man got a little bit of that Jameis in him. That little, got a little bit of that Jameis. He ate him. a W after the game. Did you <laughs> see that? Bro, after no. the game, he did the Jameis celebration and ate the W, bro. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He got a little bit of Jameis in him, bro. All right. So what are we seeing? Nobody's really waiting on Michael Penix, but I think it's too high. I think it's too high, personally. We need All 30 right. more likes. Yeah, we need them likes, y'all. Okay, so I'm going to bring these two up. Let me answer for them both. Blake Corm is at seven. No, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah I'm going to bring these two. Blake Corm is at seven. Mecca is 13. Give me your weigh-ins for those two. Say that again. Can you hear me? I said Blake Corm is at seven. My father's away from Mike. Blake Corm's at seven. Emeka's at 13. Give me your way in for those two. Blake Corm way too high because Donovan Edwards is at 17, which makes this yeah. list wrong. Yeah, Donovan Edwards is at 17 on this list. Just to let you know. And he's not better than Donovan Edwards. It's just cat. Uh, I think he's a better runner in the football than Donovan Edwards. But Donovan Edwards is a better overall back because of his um, ability to pass pro and to uh, catch out of the backfield. And line up in the slot, but it's like far as running the ball with the ball in his hand, he's not better than Blake Corm, in my opinion. Yeah, I would, I would put Dom Evers above above Blake Corm. And then Emeka at thirteen. Where are we at with Emeka? Little- Were there any other wide receivers ahead of him, or was he the second wide receiver? Um, I think he's yeah, he's the second. He's the second behind Marv. I'm fine with it then. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with 13. He can, he's going to make a case to be in the top 10 this year. He's got, he's got, he's a, little, he's got a little proof. He's, he's going to make proof. a case. No. All right, so more notable. Let's get let's get down this list a little bit. Nick, Nick Singleton is at 29. Travion Henderson at 33. So Nick Do you Singleton, think running, both Michigan running backs are better than both of those backs? No. Donovan Edwards, I'm cool with. Nick Singleton, no. No. I mean, not Nick Singleton. Donovan Edwards, I'm cool with Blake Corum now. 
No, nah, I'm not who. I would I would put him, especially above Nick Singleton, like Travion Henderson. Nigga ain't play all last season. He been hurt. Like I'm I'm cool with that. But Nick Singleton, hell no. Especially coming into this season. No, hell no. What if I told you I'm taking Trey Singleton over Quorum and Edwards together? I I would say that's a little crazy, especially with Trey didn't do a lot. Like Nick Singleton. Yeah, but you're hyping up Blake Corn for doing something that Trey did. I mean, I'm not hyping up. The only time we saw him help, he had a he He had 18 years old and put up fucking Blake Corn's numbers. I'm saying Blake Corn had a good last season. Trey didn't do much last season. He was hurt, so it's like, can I say that? Yeah, is a projection. Yeah, like I can't say he's better right now. If you're going off last year, if you're going if you're going off last year, if you're going off last year, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the most recent thing we have. So. That's what I'm saying. I think I think Trey is even too high at 33. I think Nick Singleton, I would move him up a little bit. All right. So, chat, here we go. This is for you. JJ McCarthy is at 39. So let me tell you, let me tell you who's around JJ to give you some. Get comments. ready for the wambulance in the chat yeah. right now. I see a bunch of <laughs> fucking Jacob Cohen from Arizona is above him. Um, Will Rogers, quarterback from Mississippi State, is just right above him. But I mean, he's still he would still be above like the JTTs, the Abdul Carter. So JJ at thirty nine. What y'all think? Too high. I would say I would say too high as well. I project. I mean, he's like a solid like 55, 60. Right yeah. Now. How many quarterbacks are ahead of him? Count it real quick. Um. Okay. Cam, where would you say JJ ranks as far as quarterbacks in college One, football right now? Top five? Two. Top 10? 15? 15-ish. 15. See, and I don't think sure. that's – I feel like that's not an egregious take. Like, Top 15 for sure. I got five so I think far. 15 is more than reasonable. Um, but, I mean, we had – we know we saw Penix ahead of him. Bo Nix was ahead of him. Caleb Williams was ahead of him. He's at eleven. He's at eleven. He's, he's at eleven. He got he's got eleven quarterbacks ahead of him. So he's a twelve. What do we fucking know? You know what I mean? We're not the worldwide leader in sports, but we said the exact same thing as ESPN. Who fucking not knows? yet? <laughs> so that's the same shit. Yeah, top fifteen. There we go. There you have it. He's, he's at eleven. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I guess I can see. I still think thirty three is a little high, but or thirty nine is a little high. But all right, we'll go there. Okay, so now we got two Ohio State guys. Ron's guy, Tommy Eichenberg, is at 47. Entirely and too low. The only person on that list that I would take ahead of Tommy Eichenberg is Caleb Williams. Other than that, I think number two. I, I'll listen to an argument that Marv should You're be ahead of You're taking Tommy over Marv? I think defense wins championships, yep. so you have to go with Tommy Eichenberg. Like, you know, it's very <laughs> unlikely that you'll see a wide receiver win the Heisman hey, with a guy count. like Tommy Heisenberg. Like, you have to go with the linebacker with the more realistic chance in New York this year. Like you, you heard me say on last week's episode, Ohio State is sending two people to New York this year. Travion Henderson and Tommy Eichenberg. So I think that you almost was cooking, but I, you should have took him over Caleb Williams and not Marv. But <laughs> one of those guys will we'll replace him. Oh, All right. Up. Tommy's at 47. Mayan at 50. Also, chat, if you have a question on where a player ranks, just throw it in there and I'll try to find it real quickly and tell you. We got a few more here on this list. But Mayan Williams is at 50. So Mayan's at 50. That was a little surprising to me. I thought I was like, wow, that's a, maybe a little higher. I'm surprised he's there. What do you think about Mayan Williams at 50? 50 best player in the nation. 
that was Tony Offert making a call to one of his buddies at ESPN. <laughs> was like, "Hey, nigga, remember back at, uh, when I when I fucking did that favor for you? Yeah, 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 I need you to push that Mayan Williams shit up because when this nigga comes out and start this year, I don't want to ride in Columbus." Thanks. Click. <laughs> That's what that was, bro. Because no fucking way on God's yeah, green, did. beautiful earth was that I, nigga top I, fifty college football player, bro. And I yeah, love. I'm Mayan. a huge Mayan fan. But I'm not even sure if he's the second best running back on Ohio State's roster for keeping it a bean. Yeah. And I wish I wish I had a position rank. I'd tell you where he was, but I think I think fifty is entirely too high. So, all right, Penn, Penn State people, this this one's for you. Oh, let me add this in. Will Johnson at fifty five. Mike Williams is above Will Johnson. He's at 55. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> hilarious. I like where Mayan is, actually. Mayan, he's, he's, he's a good spot. He's the best player, and Will Johnson's 54. Will Johnson and Mike Williams. All right. So, so by Michigan people, Will Johnson at 55, Gene Coulson's at 56. Don't be mad at me. I ain't make the list. Um, we Okay, so my Penn State people. Chop Robinson is at 73. Abdul Carter is at 82. Where are we at on that? What do y'all think? Too high, too low, just right? Can you hear me? No, I heard you. I think both Penn State guys are entirely underranked. Um, I think Chop Robinson should be higher top 50 player as well as Abdul Carter. I think Abdul Carter is one of the best linebackers in the country right now. Yeah. Um, I – I I I'm not as aware of Chap Chop. We got Lord. I'm not screw his name. Chopper. I was as much as I am Abdul Carter because I've watched a lot of Abdul Carter this offseason. Um, but yeah, 82 entire. If you're gonna have Harold fucking Perkins at four, like like what are, like what are we doing? Why why is Abdul Carter so far low? So there's no way. I, you get I, I like Harold Perkins. Don't get me wrong. I like Harold Perkins. You got to remember it's an ESPN list. But I want to see more from Harold Perkins at the point of attack on the run game because. Um, when you look past all those pretty, pretty pass rushes and, and him just looking like a freak athlete in open space, when it came to getting dirty and hitting them, hitting them gaps and setting that edge, bro didn't look like he wanted really to do much to much to do with that. So um, Abdul Carter is is all over the film, taking on guards, taking on pulling yeah. guards, setting well, edge, doing whatever the hell he needs to do. So I don't know if I'm saying Harold Perkins is worse than him, but, like, I don't think he's that many spots above him. So, it's yeah, definitely not, some home not where going he's on top five. <laughs> yeah. And we had to search for Abdul Carter on this list. Like, yeah. Where like, is the gap ain't that big, bro. They're, yeah, they're it's, not, it's not that crazy. All right, these are my last two chat. Um, So, our last guy that's actually on the list, JTT at 85. Where are we at with JTT at 85? Because for me, if you're going to talk, if especially with ESPN talking his first round pick hype, uh, all that, 85? Like, this thing should be at worst in the 20s if we hype him up like they have been doing all offseason. What are we doing? Cam, go ahead. You got to put some numbers up, bro. Like, I, I could see why they would put him at 85. Um, being honest, like, not being a homer, like he's on the list because of his name and the team he plays for. So but let me if, ask: If you take, let, let's say, okay, we have the stats. He just blew up in the Penn State game. Other state, other other games, he didn't put up as much stats. But you put what you cut on the film and you watch him play. You watch how he influences the, the offensive line, how the offense game plans for him, like they don't do other guys. Do you still think eighty-five is a good ranking for that, or do you feel like his impact 
is more than just stats, but just because he didn't have an elite pass rusher across from him, you know, we didn't see it show up as much. I just don't think that we saw him flash as much as you want to see from a top 50, top 40, top 30, top 20 player. Like he's got to string some games together this year where it looks like he's absolutely controlling the game. Like when we play the Indianas and we play the Maryland's and uh, all those like type of teams, like when we had Chase Young's and the Bosa's, it was like, okay, we know what's going on. Like they're every obvious passing down is a fucking problem. And we know who's gonna be there. It's gonna be Chase, it's gonna be Bosa, or so and so. We don't have that type of production out of JTT for us to really put him up there uh on that list. I feel like now he can, that's true. He can have that at this point. I think he still has a lot to prove. Okay, all right, that's fair. Yeah, Chad, let me know about JTC. I got one for you, and Cam is going to know who I'm talking about. So there was somebody, Ohio State, defense alignment, who was not on this list at all. Was it on this list? I looked twice. Not there. Cam, who is missing off this top 100 list? Michael Hall Jr. Ohio's very own didn't make the top 100 list. Whoa. Like, (laughs) I don't even, I I don't even, yeah, I don't even, I don't know how a person that's on, if you check five mock drafts, he's on at least three or four as a first round pick, but he's not a top 100 player. Like make it make fucking sense. I don't know. Um, But this is from fucking um, ESPN. That's what we come to know from them. They don't really uh, put that much work or that much thought into a lot of things that they do, especially at the collegiate level outside of the SEC. So they they made sure they hit all the best players. No stone unturned mm-hmm. on the SEC and ACC players. But, you know, we, we always have come to know Pac-12, Big Ten, they're going to have those guys that nobody knows it's gonna, that, that's going to uh, be missed on the list. And it's just even more egregious that it's Michael Hall Jr., somebody that the media obviously knows, but they um, – and their negligence and carelessness decided not to put them on the top 100, but that's okay. We're going to put that on a bulletin board and we're going to fuck somebody up for the shit. So let's go yeah. for it. It just, it just, for, it just for kicks. Spencer Rattler's at 93. So he made the list. <laughs> Spencer Hall, Rattler though. over Mike Hall Jr. Michael Hall is not. No, we were asking Sonny. Sonny is not yet, but that's okay for me. He didn't play a lot last season. So projection, it would be straight projection, but yeah, Spencer Rattler made it. Michael Hall Jr. did not. And that is where that list is. So, Chad, let me know, man. Um, obviously, want to pull some more stuff for y'all that's interactive. If you like that, let me know. I can pull some more lists throughout the season. We can get them going, have some fun with that. So, just give me your overall reaction to that. But, um, yeah, that that's that's mostly what we have. Like I said, we got 126 people in here. Actually, 129. Go ahead and like that video. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what we have for notes. Um, you good, bro? We got a special guest before we get yes, out sir. of here. We hit yes, 50 sir. likes. Oh, 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 yeah, I was like, I was like, look at my special guest. Oh. <laughs> I sound like Slug, man. <laughs> I was like, nigga, who said that? <laughs> so fucking so my friend. <laughs> oh man, oh, we got somebody who wants to weigh in on the uh, on the uh, top one hundred list. Is that what I'm hearing? No, nigga, he wants to talk quarterbacks. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. All right, chat. We got a special guest for y'all. Bring him in. I'm excited. Ah, it's just Chris Drew. 
Nah, I was messing with you. What's good, Chris? Hey, pause. Hey, pause. We got this lame-ass Shawn Michael nigga in the chat right now tweaking That's out for so what? Insane, that nigga bro. is so corny, bro. That shit is crazy. Obviously, bro. this nigga didn't have Google trying to talk about Marvel. Only had one catch for seven yards against Ohio State. Nigga, did you see the long-ass touchdown? Oh, dumbass. The Michigan fans need to really get him the fuck up out of here because he might be the very worst. He I can, think he's a Georgia hey, fan, bro. Hey, he can eat a dick burger, a penis burger, a big old one. Word of my nigga, Corey Brooks. What's up, y'all? What's, What's up? What up? Yeah. What up? Yeah. Chris, instant I'm pretty reaction. sure he's a Georgia fan. You, waited on the, uh, you were here on the list. What do you think overall? Um, Bro, you know who I wanted to hear on that list? Who? Well, I heard that, you know, Ohio State has the best coaching and the best development, and yet two linebackers in the same class with C.J. Hicks were both in the top 50, and the and the one that was the number one linebacker is not. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Mayan, yeah. Williams is, Mayan Williams is absolutely not a top 50 player. That one tripped me out a little bit. And, uh, and Cam, is, Cam, as a defensive line guy, you're fried as fuck, bro, for not having for, for, for being cool with JTT that low. I hadn't seen it. So, did you miss the Penn State game last year? It's one game. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm disappointed in all three of y'all. Tegan Jr. sent the memo. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris. Hold on, Chris. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. No, this nigga did not just try to come here. Time out. No, 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 no. No, no, no. What is the word that I said? I said consistently, game in, game out. You cannot show me consistent dominance from him as a pass rusher. Nigga, game no in, game out. This was, nigga, consistent. And, 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 come on, bro. He wasn't being consistent. To bro, my it's liking. a marriage, bro. You know that, bro. Defense is to a marriage, liking, nigga. Bro. I it's don't a think marriage. That. Look, you want to talk about Chase Young and, and Bosa? Cool. It also wasn't Swiss cheese on the back end when they were playing defensive end. Yeah, that is true. That's like, maybe if a nigga could cover for more than a, a, a quarter of a second, my nigga would have some sacks. What do you think played? I mean, it wasn't like we was getting absolutely decimated by quick game, but I feel you. I hear what you're saying. Hold on. Ron got to go ahead, Ron. No, I was going to say, what do you think played more into the lack of sacks last year, the coverage or the interior pass rush? I mean, I think it was a marriage of both when you when you cover to the defense ends. One, guys are getting cooked out there. At, and you saw a lot of guys where they're one step away, they're one hand away, and the quarterback can step up into the pocket as much as he, as he needs. Shit, it's just a fucking open lane. It's like fucking, it's like fucking that pad drill where you got to go down the middle. <laughs> you go I think, around. I think, the fact, like. I think the fact that our nickel corner might have been the worst in the Big Ten was the reason for the lack of sacks. Who's talking about Ronnie Pickman's and the and the, uh <laughs> no, Tanner McAllister? <laughs> Tanner McAllister's and the Ronnie Pickman's. Hey, they bro, Cam's narrative is cooked, bro. Because once this nigga Ronnie Hickman make a roster, he's not gonna know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Tama, 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 he had three interceptions tama, the other tama, day. He's making a roster. Tama, tama, tama. The only nigga that can cook me. From my takes is Zach Harrison. That's yeah. the only one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's the only one. Happened to him. That nigga. The thing is, he's still stiffer than than the fucking plank from Ed and Eddie. So I don't know what changed. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there unless those niggas can cover. But you know, every defensive end gets better when they get up with Jeff Okuda. So that might be it too. My whole my only issue with Ronnie Hickman was as a Buckeye, I didn't think he put it all on the line. So that was my only issue. And we have to. Man, we should have. So. As soon as this nigga declared, they should have benched him. Hey, hey, Chris, let me get your quick reaction to a couple Which things. Which time? He declared three times. Yeah, he declared like five times, bro. Yeah. I mean, he might have just declared. And we days. still wouldn't play Sonny. It's disgusting. <laughs> so uh, so let me ask you, Chris. So Brock Bowers ahead of Marv, what do you think? Wild. I don't 
I don't want to sound like a hater, but I, I, I'm not in love with Brock Bowers. Like, people talk about Brock Bowers like he's a generational tight end prospect. Nigga, I seen a bigger, faster, stronger Brock Bowers playing for Iowa a little bit back, and no one to hype him up like this. Ooh. Like, in, in 2017, if a nigga put TJ Hawkinson as the number two player in the country, everybody would be like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, TJ Hawkinson's a better tight end in, in college than Brock Bowers is. But, yeah. I, I mean. Noah Fant was a, was a dog, too. Yeah, Noah Fant was a dog. But it's, but it's about brand, right? Yeah. It's like it's like you have a tight end <laughs> playing for the most dominant team in college football. You know, lucky or not, yeah, put him like like make Brock Bowers that. But but Hawk was better. Nigga was the Hawkness monster at Iowa. Nigga went top ten, and nobody even dreamt of having him in in, in the top ten or top two even uh, players in the country. So that's more that's more of a brand thing, and it's recognizable. I mean, that nigga is re- like they, they're a great media campaign for him. You see, they have him on the fucking Blitnikoff Award watch list. Yeah, that's it's crazy. like nigga, he's a tight end. Chill out, bro. <laughs> and also, like we was like we talk about a lot, bro. We gonna see what it looked like over there with Todd Monkey gone, bro. We're gonna see we what it looks see. like, and then we're and then we're gonna see. We're gonna also see. The, I wouldn't be surprised if. Never mind. That's that's. I was about to reach crate. I wouldn't be surprised that if that Delp nigga ends up being better. You haven't given him a lot of hype. <laughs> Let me give him a lot of hype. I'll tell you that. Punk, weigh in on that. I see you in the chat. Punk doesn't get to weigh in on when I'm on the fucking show. Nigga, what? <laughs> nigga, I don't give a fuck about Punk's weigh in. <laughs> fuck our Punk. Resident, and fuck the whole state of Georgia. And for real, and for real, it's really Northeast Ohio versus everybody, bro. Tag in said we could wear the chains today because we was waxing on it. It was getting real slimy outside, real shady outside yesterday. Hey, I put that tweet out. I was like, bro, like Ted again was out there wearing fucking uh chains on. Hey, Chris was like, bro, that nigga know where all the cameras is at. <laughs> These niggas, these niggas went up 14-7. It cut to tag in, taking cut to them with the chain on. No smile. Nigga, you know what time it is. And I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh dear God. The announcer was like, Tim, this could get ugly here. I was like, nigga, yeah, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> All right, so Chris, let me ask. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Um, Nick Singleton at 29 with Quorum being up at seven and Edwards being at 17 or 18. What do you feel about that? Do you feel like Nick Singleton just specifically on him? Is he too low or you feel like he's all right? Where was Judkins at? Shit, I have to look. Um, I think he was in the teens. He was like, in, no, he was, in, he was higher than that because he was like the fourth running back. I'll tell you in one second, bro. It's it's so funny because Mich- Michigan fans try to do the Georgia fan thing, and they try to act like they invented football, like without winning the championships. And it's it's really comedy at this point. Like, can you guys imagine the kind of uh, the the kind of talk they would get if they ever got like a J.K. Dobbins over there? Like, it would be so ridiculous. Like, they talk about this thing of Blake Corm like he's generational to the point where he can't even buy into it. Yeah, like Billy X. Like, if Mike Weber had the usage rate that Quorum had over there at Michigan, he would put up the same exact numbers. And niggas really don't want to talk about that. But Ooh. fuck Blake Quorum, too. <laughs> but, yeah, Singleton's, is he too low? Yeah, sing- well, Singleton's a better back to Blake Quorum. I don't know anybody that thinks otherwise. I don't. Like, skill, like skill-wise, what does Blake Quorum do better than Nick? He runs hard. Pause. He doesn't run harder than Nick. He's not faster. Like, nah, like, uh, I think he's too low. He has a better uh, yeah. offensive line. 
You said who's – yeah, he's – Michigan – He has a better offensive line. That's what he does better, run behind a better oh, yeah. offensive run line. Offensive line. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, like, like Blake Quorum should probably be a backup, uh, if we're being completely honest. Like, Donovan Edwards is the best running back on that team. It's not even close. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I said that for a year, but people want to say what they want to say. But, yeah. Like, did, didn't Jim Harbaugh try to get Blake Quorum up out of there so they could so they could make – Make Edwards the guy? Well, I mean, he, he the coach. Start him. Um, and the other one I wanted to ask about was Abdul Carter at 82. Obviously, we see where Harold Perkins is on this list at four. Um, see where my linebackers is at. Do you think that's too low? I mean, maybe I'm a Big Ten bias guy, but I, I, honestly, I think I would have I would have Abdul Carter in the top 50. Yeah. A comfortably. If I make super fair. Especially some of this shit is, is a little bit projection as well. So Who, who um, put that list up? This is ESPN. I'm saying, what editor said, yeah, sounds good to me. Oh, uh, let me. What's that nigga's <laughs> name? It just says ESPN staff. <laughs> he said, who, who, who cooked that no, shit up? No, 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 Chat GPT. Yeah. Chat GPT. That's, that, honestly, that's probably what it was. Bro, this says ESPN st- with some of the stuff on here, but it says, yeah, there's no writer's name. It's the it's, it's all ESPN. That's they're all this is the collective. Yeah, that's, that's definitely Chat GPT. Is their O line really that? You know what? I'm not going through. Yes, they have a good old line, Cam. I don't want this to be a full fucking hate fest. No, bro. I'm talking about like. That's fine. Because I I just know that RO line didn't really get any um, praise or whatever. And uh, Georgia's O line didn't absolutely decimate ours like they did against them. Their Joe Moore award winning line. And we didn't have a 3 3 5 stack. You know what? Never mind. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna go. They're the Joe Moore Award winners, but when the lights is bright, the three three five dollar. I don't know, bro. I'm just saying they're supposed to be the old line guys, and our old line, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It is what it is. That's common. Hey man, back to back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Chris? I'm just trying. I be I be look like we both play Georgia, like our old line. You know, like I don't know, whatever. Bro. Like, yeah, you're a, you're a funny nigga for real. I don't know, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to ask you about some things. About some things on the list. But yeah, man. Obviously, obviously, Chris, we waited earlier. Talked about talked about the beat versus versus the new media things like that. I want to ask you. You got any? You got any thoughts on that? Um, I'm either gonna be the biggest clown on Twitter this week, or it's about to be a crazy ass victory lap being taken, like a crazy one. Um, you know, so you know what I was thinking about before what? all this. What Actually, honestly, I, I was it was presented presented to me on the phone, like how different this quarterback look battle looks if Ohio if if USC wins or against Utah. Because think mm. about what that does. Because then Ohio State goes to the Orange Bowl. C.J. Stroud doesn't play, and I and I found out the plan was to go 50-50 reps during the game Damn. during that Orange Bowl. She and think about how crazy that would have been. What for Kyle and Kyle Devin, and Devin the yeah. Bowl. yeah. So that's what that's what that's what some of the prep was for. Because there was some, you know, you're, you're probably not gonna make the playoffs. And so then you could have seen. I mean, you would have seen all the young guys, right? And. And I think that could have that could have changed a lot of things. Um, but I, I I think it's I'm like 99.9% sure it's Devin at this point. I think that the team can feel it. I think he can feel it. Um, and it's it's gonna 
a, a part of me is a little like worried because because Zach and I took such an aggressive stand, or because Zach really took the aggressive stand, and now I'm on board. Yeah. Um, well, that's because they, and then that was my thing. It was it was such the um, we all came out and y'all talked about it. It was such the fucking like bite back of like oh nah like fuck y'all like it, it was that very like we've been here for a long time like y'all just got here like fuck y'all like. The beat was definitely it. offended that yeah, y'all had the audacity like, to even fucking break that yeah. news. And that's why point. we yeah, that's why we wait on it, bro. It's like it's like coming from the stands of, of being new in the game. It's like like bro, like okay, you got credentials, you get to talk to players, whatever. That has nothing to do with if people listen to you, if people believe you, anything like that, like your credibility. That shit ain't got nothing to do with that just because you got credentials. Is what you show up, what you say, how well you entertain people. And are you trustworthy? You're gonna tell me your honest opinion, which I feel like the beat does not do. Like fifty percent of the time, they don't give their honest opinion, and that's not every like, member. It's just some people, so that's just my. They literally but, came on to the fucking scene the next day and was like, "Well, some people want a more mobile quarterback. Well, Devin Brown and Kyle McCord are the same athlete. If you want to, if you really want that guy, you need to go get Lincoln Kyle's. Basically, saying like." Devin Brown is a wash and like like the beat was like making it seem like it was like not allowed for Devin Brown to be a better quarterback than Kyle. Like it was just like forbidden for that to be a thing. And I'm like, bro, like you know, when 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 Zach co-signs somebody and he's the first one to co-sign somebody, like the initial reaction has to be to like, oh, denounce that person immediately. It's it's almost because it's like too close to Zach that people get a little weird. Um yeah. honestly, like Honestly, what happened was when Austin didn't shake my hand, I then went to all my sources and told them to all give Austin fake information um, to run with, and uh, and and that's and that's what happened. Yep. Yeah, man. It's just it was just a bite back for me. Where that that's what pissed me off. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, like we all do. All hop on here. We all can be entertaining. Like, blah blah blah. Like, like don't do that shit. Like, to be to be honest, like. Fucking like you were in radio before, bro. You had a lot of OGs on the game. Like somebody had to help you. Somebody had to bring you in. And that's just any in any profession in life. And I think that's what we don't like so much. It's just like, bro, don't do that shit. Just because you've been around the block and you've been here. Like if somebody's coming up, there's always going to be somebody fucking coming up. If we if we do this shit for 10, 15 years and we still talking, there's going to be some other motherfuckers that come up and like, oh, shit, they got vibe. They got entertainment. Like, you know, they're bringing it. So we're all going to be there. So that's why I'm like, don't do that shit. That's, that's, that's just my opinion on it. But when they yeah. announce starting quarterback on Twitter, I think it's going to be about like menace first, all, the beat basically. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, all, but but I don't want it to be about that because I want to lie. Like I want them to name a starting quarterback and then me to lie immediately. Let's think of Ron, bro. Yeah. Wait, what happened to the <laughs> get it back? There we go. But yeah, but um, uh, Chris, uh, we we want to wrap, wrap it up in a minute. You got any you got any thoughts? Anything we need to hear? Anything got coming up this week? Let me let let me know before we get out of here. Um, I. Don't think the quarterback battle is as tight as anyone makes it seem. Um, I do think Devin Brown is the most competitive quarterback that Ryan Day has had in a long time. Um, and honestly, him coming to Ohio State is, is crazy. There is a there is also another story uh, about him and Lincoln wanting to go to the same high school, and I'll tell it at some or I'll let him tell it at some point. Him and Lincoln wanted to go to the same high school, and the high school coach turned them both away because they had some phenom. Um, playing for them in high school, which is crazy <laughs> that they both ended up at Ohio State. Um, the fact of the matter is, is, is Devin wanted to go compete in the most crowded room, 
Um, and it was either going to be Ohio State or Texas, I think. And he wanted to compete against Quinn Ewers, and then Quinn Ewers ended up at Texas anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have too much kind of on, on the quarterback front on that wise, but um, I am excited for a mobile quarterback, a mobile-looking quarterback, and I do think you're going to see a lot of a, a lot of the, the zone read stuff, and I do expect the announcement to be made on either Monday or Tuesday. I, I, didn't Ryan move up his press conference? Yeah, I think he did. I think one. Uh, I think there's one tomorrow. I think there is tomorrow. So I think I think it'll be tomorrow. So so get your trolls ready. You think they're going to announce your trolls ready? I think, I think they're I think announcing it Tuesday, Tuesday okay. or Monday. Because I thought he moved it up. I think he moved Wednesdays to Tuesday. Oh, okay. got you. All right. Well, Tuesday it is. So you got what? Twenty four hours. Yeah. Longer than twenty four hours to get it right. <laughs> So we'll be ready. But yeah, chat, man, I appreciate everybody stopping in, tuning in. Again, shout out to my guy, Ron. He was not feeling well, but he helped us put together a good, fun show. Um, definitely get your feedback for all that. Do not forget, bro. If you can't watch us live or you're at work, whatever you want to tune us in, we are on all audio platforms. We'll be there. Let me plug. Talk to Chris already. Stay to the program. As soon as the quarterback is announced, we will hit that show and gear up for the season. You know what type of energy we bring in. So that's going to be that's going to be a fun time, things like that. But make sure y'all like that video. Um, hit the comments. I've been saying this for about a week, but anything you want us to do, anything you like, anything you have to say about it, leave in the comments. Let us know. We'll try to adjust. We just want to make it continue to make it entertaining. Appreciate the vibes. Uh, Cam, let us know where they can find you at. You can find me at I Know Things 19 on Twitter. Um, and also um I am on uh Facebook. To today, nigga. Damn. Working on the um Best Damn Media uh presence on there. We're trying to grow on Facebook. So check out some more stuff on there as well. Yeah, and I'll outro Chris Drew because we'll never outro so you know we catch Chris Drew. He's on Mr. Sports, man. He's on the timeline, he ain't hard to find. You I'm in Akron, him. I'm in the real Akron. Yeah, he's in Akron. You catch him there. Um, if you want to catch me, and we made a little panels about it, make it a little easier. <laughs> Steve Boy Quinn on Twitter, Instagram on uh, uh Instagram Find It Johnson, Minor League Films Buffalo, TikTok, and YouTube. So I'll be there, Ron. You can find me at two T's on Twitter. That's two underscore T E E S. Uh, the same on Twitch. It is two shysty on TikTok. And you can find us every Monday or every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. for the Buckeye Roast. Me and Q talk Buckeye football every morning here on this channel. So we appreciate everyone pulling up. Uh, I apologize for sounding like dog shit today. Just glad I was able to make the show. Appreciate our guy Chris Drew for pulling up. And see you guys next Sunday for another episode of the Buckeye Roast. This isn't the Buckeye, Buckeye Roast. BS. This is Buckeye BS. <laughs> hey, go lay down, Ron. Yeah, it's been a long day.